Welcome to the FarmD Money Podcast, where certified financial planner Derek Delaney brings financial education and observation to help pharmacists navigate their most important financial questions. And welcome in FarmD Nation to episode number 11 of the FarmD Money Podcast. I am your host, Derek Delaney. Thank you all for joining me today. This is a podcast, as hopefully most of you know, for pharmacists. Specifically, it's a podcast for pharmacists to help them become better with their money. In this episode, I want to take a little detour from that. The world of pharmacy has changed a lot over the last eight years. There are more pharmacy schools than ever. I believe jobs are harder to come by. Um, Starting salaries for new grads are a lot lower than they used to be. And like other industries, the pharmacy industry is trying to work through the adoption of more technology to try to create greater efficiencies in the pharmaceutical or in the pharmacy industry. So with all that going on and all the change happening over the last eight years, I thought it would be fantastic to bring on an actual pharmacist to talk about all the changes she has seen and experienced over the last eight years of her pharmacy career. So with that being said, I am happy to introduce to you my guest for this podcast episode, Courtney Delaney. As some of you are connecting the dots, yes, we share the last, uh, the same last name because we are married. So the episode for, or the guest for this episode is my wife. So Courtney, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be on. Fantastic. So to start, can you give us just a little background of yourself for the listeners? Sure. Um, so I, like Derek said, I've been a pharmacist for eight years and um, I've worked at an independent long-term care pharmacy since I graduated out of school. Um, when I started, um, just graduated, I split my time between consulting, um, mainly assisted living and skilled nursing facilities and dispensing and transitioned into managing that store about three years into our, into my career. Um, and so now I have been managing there about five years and, um, yeah, I really enjoy it. So you graduated from pharmacy school in what year? 2013. 2013. It's 2021. So you are about eight years into your official pharmacy career, right? Yes. So you're eight years in. Does it feel closer to 18 or does it feel like you just started yesterday? I think it probably depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> to ask me after each day, it might change. But yeah, I think each day, day to day is completely different. I know one of my technicians asked me how long I had been working um, just the other day and I had to think about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been eight years already. So I think overall it does not feel like it's been eight years, but... There's some long days. I'm sure it feels a lot worse. And I know you work with pharmacists who have um, a lot more experience and have been in the industry a lot longer. Tenured, yeah. Tenured. Tenured. (laughs) Do they ever give you any advice? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Depending uh, depending if you want it or not, they'll give you advice. (laughs) No, definitely. I think uh, we have a a big range of pharmacists as far as... um, closer to newly graduated and and ones that have been in the industry quite a long time. So it's good to have that base of different people and the knowledges. Awesome. Well, you mentioned that you started your career and currently work in long-term care. I know a lot of people outside the pharmacy industry will look at a pharmacist and they will immediately think of the person in a white coat standing behind a counter in a drugstore. Long-term care does not quite fit that narrative. 
So what has been probably one of the biggest surprises, good or bad, about long-term care pharmacy that you did not expect when you first started eight years ago? Yeah, I definitely, I completely agree with you. You know, as a public trying to explain, like I work in long-term care, you kind of get the blank stare. Nobody really knows what that's about unless you're (laughs) in the industry. Um, And even then, I feel like you really don't. Um, When we graduated, I felt long-term care kind of had a reputation that it wasn't quite on par as hospital or retail as far as um, a career path to go to, Um, which is so interesting because for me, consulting, you use so much more of your clinical knowledge base. and you're relied upon by the physicians completely, I feel, more than retail location and even hospital, depending on what your setting is. So not that it should be seen as something maybe second tier, but I think it definitely is you, you know, in college, we didn't even talk about it. You knew nothing about long-term care, but there's such a huge need for it, and especially with our growing population. It's very interesting that that's just kind of not really a topic talked about. But I definitely think the biggest surprise for me is just that there was just so much more of my knowledge base and clinical pieces of it that I relied upon. And you're relied upon by the nurses now, even when I'm in the pharmacy, you know, not consulting more. You know, you get called every day by the the nurses, excuse me, in the facilities with questions and clinical things and even doctors, too. So definitely more of the team than you would envision just starting in. So do you think a career in long-term care is becoming more well-known and a more acceptable path for new graduates just entering the industry now? Or do you think it's relatively thought of as second tier as far as employment? I guess I don't know what they're... I know definitely, you know, you focused, everybody was kind of pushed to do um, a residency and things like that once we were graduating. And not that it was bad if you didn't, but I think that you you were kind of pushed to really do that clinical piece of it. So I'm not sure what they're still doing, but you know, knowing what I know now, I'm very grateful and happy that I chose that this path that I came upon. Awesome. So switching gears a little bit, it wasn't too long ago that people sought out pharmacists for their primary healthcare questions. I think it's fair to say that pharmacists were much more available to the public than medical doctors. However, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I have noticed a trend from an outsider's perspective that recently pharmacists have been pushed more into a production role instead of a consultative role, specifically in a retail setting. Do you feel that's fair to say? Do you see that continuing or do you see the industry moving back more to a consultative approach instead of more production on script numbers and stuff like that? a loaded question for sure. Right? Um, I think definitely the large retail chains, you just have in pressure, pressure, pressure on pharmacy metrics and decreased support staff. So really those pharmacists don't have a choice to be more clinical and consultative, which is scary because that's a, it's a huge responsibility that you have, you know, dispensing people's medications. And, and, that, and that's got to be one of the biggest drivers for young people wanting to get into the industry, absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. Patient care and patient safety is huge. And um, I definitely feel that, you know, some of those bigger large chains pharmacies are getting a terrible reputation from the inside perspective as a place of employment and wanting to go to. But um, like you said before, more and more new grads, you know, potentially less and less options. You don't really have a choice. So I think a lot of you know, a lot of new grads kind of land there and maybe get a little jaded from their experiences right away. But thankfully, there are definitely still pharmacies that place an importance on, you know, that consultative piece of it, the, you know, the importance of why you became a pharmacy. Um, A lot of independent pharmacies 
or people from retail or starting independent pharmacies or things like that and kind of swinging that metric back and finding that that's what the public wants and they you know maybe they don't know that they want it but once they get a taste of it that's what they want and i think i think that's hopefully coming back around it's going to take some change though because obviously money and the greed of that piece of it falls into place which is why these people are getting squeezed and squeezed and squeezed yeah that makes sense in in any other, any other industry the smaller person competing with large chains are able to do so because of the adoption of technology. I think it's fair to say that in a lot of industries, new technology lowers costs and makes it easier to compete with the big boys. Do you see or what type of technology do you see as positive game changers in the pharmacy industry, either now or maybe coming down the road? Sure. Well, I'll speak to long-term care because that's obviously what I'm familiar with. <laughs> um, but as our population ages, Long-term care customer base is increasing. We have more and more facilities opening all the time, even in our area, but for sure, you know, the metro and other areas like that, where it's a huge push and for people to open these assisted livings or skilled facilities. So for us, you know, EMAR integration has been a technology that we've adapted since before I started as pharmacy, but that was kind of even at that point, like the leading cutting edge. And it's only improved now where the facilities link to our pharmacy system. So once we check an order, it'll go directly into that pharmacy's EMAR. So that now it's off of the nursing staff who are understaffed and, you know, responsible for so many things of those patients to worry about entering pharmacy orders. You know, that that piece of it is taken off of their plate. They can order directly into our pharmacy system. A lot of good integrations that really tie the pharmacy and the facility together. And then being that they have, you know, been around for so long, we're starting to see such great improvements too, where it's definitely a flow between the two of them versus just, this is our system, this is your system. How can we better help you? So we really are partners together. Um, And then I think in in the pharmacy piece of it, just the automation and production needed to just kind of get the volume out that you need to get out. We, about a year ago, got... One of our big automation pieces of it, it's called a dosis machine, it was kind of our first big step into that automation piece of it for our production. As reimbursements are decreasing, you have to stay viable. You know, it's hard to employ people and just get people in the door, you know. And so just all of those pieces kind of bring together. And this dosis machine has been great for us. You know, it fills the cards for the patient-specific order, and you don't touch it until it's four steps into the process of it. So I think people just have to continue to keep looking for those pieces of it to stay viable. Cool. So obviously you've experienced a lot over your last eight years since uh, graduating and taking on your first job in a long-term care pharmacy. You've been in the industry as the industry has changed dramatically over the last eight years. So with all of your experience and everything you've seen since you've started, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to a new grad just entering the industry? I would say don't be swayed by the peer pressures or afraid to check out other niches of pharmacy. There's so many options or career paths out there for you. And really, I feel that obviously the public's view, you know, there's a hospital or there's retail, but there's so many different places. And you know, you want to be happy with your career and you spend a lot of time and money getting to this place. So definitely don't be afraid to check everything out. Is that something people should start exploring while they're still in school? Or are you recommending people like most other young people in other job industries 
job hop a little bit to get more experience and to broaden your horizons on what the industry truly has to offer? Uh, I don't know. That is definitely so personal for people. So I guess I can't really say being that I've been in one place pretty much since I've graduated. <laughs> but, you know, I think as we spoke on before, it's harder. I feel that the jobs are slimmer and slimmer. And, you know, just hearing different locations are laying off people left and right. It'd be wise to, me, you know, choose things carefully because, you know, obviously you have debts and different things you need to pay off too. So it's a balance. Totally. And as we wrap up this interview, um, the last question I wanted to ask you is, how do you define success as a pharmacist? Uh, I think that definitely changes based on where you are in your career. Right now, for me, as I'm a manager of a large group of people, my success I base on the operation of the pharmacy and my staff, how everything's going, how people are feeling. And so it's maybe more not necessarily as a pharmacist, but as their manager, that's kind of basing how I am right now in my career on the success of those around me as well. Good. And anything over the next eight years that you want to accomplish professionally that you haven't yet? Oh, I don't know. That's a loaded question. No, I actually... This is, this is a tough interview podcast. <laughs> I can tell. The, only the hard-hitting questions. No, I'm actually, I'm very happy with where I am and, you know, who knows where the next eight years will bring, but I think it's brought a, a lot of great success and and thanks to me in the first eight years, and we'll hopefully continue to do the same in the next eight. Fantastic. Well, Courtney Delaney, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast episode today. Listeners, if you are looking for more information about the podcast, myself, or FarmD Financial Planning, feel free to visit the firm's website at farmdfp.com. Also, feel free to check out or subscribe to the YouTube channel, FarmD Financial Planning, for more great insight. Email podcasts at farmdfp.com with questions, topics, or ideas you'd like to hear more about. Finally, FarmD Nation, until next time, be well. The FarmD Money Podcast is not intended to be tax, legal, or investment advice. All opinions expressed on the show are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or investment advice.